Hey guys, Happy New Year's. It's Michael here with GoodyReader.com and today we're going to talk about some of the trends that are occurring in libraries and we're going to mainly look at what's happening going forward in 2015, some of the big things that are happening and uh, outlooks because I follow this really closely. So if you are working at a library if you borrow content from a library, you're going to want to listen to this in its entirety. Libraries all over the world are undergoing a digital renaissance. Major publishers have finally committed themselves to the concept of making ebooks available. In 2014 and late 2013, all five of the major publishers are now participating in making ebooks available, and this has really accelerated the growth in which libraries have embraced ebooks. 95% of all U.S. libraries now have an ebook collection, which is up from 89% in 2013. The big argument that publishers such as uh, Macmillan, Simon & Schuster, Hachette, they all said that by giving the ebooks away for free, it devalued the ebooks. And this, this, this didn't really make a whole lot of sense to people that were involved in libraries because, you know, for since the great library of Alexandria, they gave content away for free. And so it really took a lot of lobbying by the American Library Association to really make this happen. And I'm glad it's finally here because, you know, you look at what happened, say, um, in 2012, we looked at, you know, the average library having between two and 5,000 titles available. Now, a large library has over 20,000 ebooks available, and medium-sized libraries have around 10,500 titles. Over 10 different libraries in the U.S. and Canada had over 1 million digital downloads in 2014, with two libraries lending out 2 million ebooks. This number will likely double in 2015 as companies like 3M, Overdrive, and Baker and Taylor get further traction, not just in the U.S., but in the U.K. Um, more particularly. In the UK, things are a little bit different there than they are in North America. Canada and the US enjoy a hefty adoption for digital content, but in the UK, they're still trying to find a sustainable model that makes sense to uh, libraries, major publishers, and the government. In May 2013, the UK government funded a review looking to the viability of allowing customers to borrow an ebook without all the drama. The Stigheart review uh, said publishers should not limit the supply of ebooks in the same way that a physical book loans are controlled, including the lending of a digital copy to one reader at a time, securely removing ebooks after lending has occurred, and having digital books deteriorate after a number of loans. These are all the big issues that are facing UK libraries and they really want to solve them all. This prompted a pilot project to be established in March of 2014. Four UK libraries augmented the digital loaning period up to 21 days, including a number of frontlist titles and bestseller titles that just came out. Uh, the essence of the pilot is to carry out real-world, real-time research into the impact of ebook lending in public libraries on authors, publishers, and the library uh, service as a whole. It's been ongoing for around six months now, and there's been some interesting findings. All four uh, participating libraries have seen a significant increase in e-lending, with longer loan periods lending up to more titles being borrowed. The project also found an increase in e-lending does not decrease physical lending or footfalls to libraries. They also found 
Interestingly, the customers were not using the Buy It Now button like um, patrons in the U.S. and Canadian libraries do. Um, Simon & Schuster and one other publisher, uh, I think it's Penguin, uh, did a Buy It Now button. And so libraries who opt into the program could make a small commission every time someone buys a book from the library instead of saying buying it from Amazon or Kobo or from Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's the, this, the exact specifics aren't really well known um, in terms of how many books were sold. Overdrive and, and companies like that, they don't really tell you a lot about it, but we, we do know at least in the UK that not very many people are doing it at all. I firmly believe moving away from ebooks, that audiobooks are going to be the next big thing in libraries. Uh, in 2007, there was only 3,000 audiobook titles that were produced, and that figure rose exponentially to 12,000 titles in 2011. In 2013, 20,000 audiobooks were available, and at the end of 2014, over 35,000 uh, audio titles were released by major publishers and companies like Audible. Uh, the global audiobook industry is huge. It's at $2.6 billion. And uh, part of uh, the increase has been uh, going digital. In a recent New York Times piece, they said in the first eight months of 2014, sales were up 28% over the same t uh, period of last year, far outstripping the growth of ebooks, which only rose 6%. There's a lot of companies that provide audiobooks to library. All the normal players that facilitate ebook sales to libraries are the same ones doing audiobooks. Uh, 3M, Cloud Library, Baker and Taylor's Access 360, uh, and Overdrive. Um, one of the more notable new companies coming into the fray is Hoopla. Unlike the other, you know, unlike 3M and Baker Taylor, they basically lean on Findaway World to produce their content. Uh, they have a catalog of 50,000 titles, and Overdrive has their own internal solution where they approach publishers directly. Uh, Hoopla has about 15,000 titles, and what they do is they make all of their titles available at once to the library under a pay-per-use model. So the library is only charged when someone actually l borrows the book. I think in 2015, digital audiobooks will further gain traction in libraries due to tapes and CDs no longer being economically viable. Tapes and CDs get lost, they get scratched, uh, they degrade in quality over time, whereas digital does not. One of the big things that are occurring in 2015 is Overdrive, who's the current market leader in audiobook sales to libraries. They're developing an HTML5-based streaming solution that will allow patrons to listen to audiobooks without the need of the Overdrive Media Council app for iOS or Android. Uh, this will be a tremendous benefit to uh, op operating systems on mobile phones and tablets that don't actually have apps. I'm talking about Firefox OS, uh, Chrome OS, BlackBerry, Tizen. There's a lot of operating systems out there that do have browsers that are capable of, of playing HTML5 content, uh, such as streaming uh, video and audio. But so far, that has not really been too prevalent in libraries. So I really hope with Overdrive's new solution, it'll prompt these other companies to also develop HTML5 solutions for more browser-based 
uh, content rather than having to lean on and maintain a fleet of apps, which I've never been a fan of maintaining apps. It's very expensive. You always have to be uh, introducing new features. Uh, It costs a lot of money, whereas with HTML5 content, you can push it out to so many different platforms at once that it does really make sense. I also feel that newspapers and magazines will see more traction in 2015. Uh, Thousands of libraries are starting to embrace these, these sort of contents, and they're not only doing this for the latest issues, but also back issues. Um, San Francisco Public Library, who we did an interview with a few weeks ago, uh, they unveiled over the summer a new e-news center at their main branch and has since expanded it to Chinatown and North Beach. Uh, the premise is to draw attention to the virtues of reading digital magazines and newspapers, and they provide a bunch of iPads. Uh, the actual content is provided uh, for free to from Vancouver-based press reader, who is uh, quickly becoming a force to be reckoned with in the digital library sector. When it comes to magazines and newspapers, it's pretty well Zinio and press reader are the only games in town, and the lack of competition is prompting other companies to uh, enter the fray. Uh, EBSCO uh, information systems, which they do a lot of academic content and they have like a lot of ILS integration. Uh, they introduced a service called Flipster in October. It allows library patrons to browse the latest issues in high quality digital um, on iOS. So Flipster is the new game in town. And I think that going forward in 2015, uh, they're going to have a bigger presence in libraries because they are already in a lot of libraries through their academic type stuff and EBSCO catalogs. Now that they're doing audio books and, and sorry, digital newspapers and magazines, it'll really make sense to them. So not only are libraries leaning on third parties to provide all this content, but some are actually digitizing it themselves. Uh, the Brooklyn Public Library recently announced a new initiative to digitize backlist newspaper archives in order to make them for free available to the public. Uh, what they're doing is taking the Brooklyn uh, newspaper, the Brooklyn Daily Eagle, and they're taking the content uh, from microfilm that was actually stored at the Library of Congress. I scan Google News every single day, you know, in, in running Goody Reader and, and, and publishing a period uh, of, of articles every day. I'm constantly on the lookout for news. I've noticed a trend in 2014 where every single week, between 5 and 25 locations are buying into the concept of magazines and newspapers. And I really kind of think that, like audiobooks, uh, the physical magazines and newspapers, they don't last. And a lot of companies, like uh, library companies, don't let you take the, the, you know, the magazines or newspapers out of the library because, you know, things get lost, things break, you know, so with digital, it really does make sense, and I really think that starting in 2015, we're going to see more companies enter the fray to compete against Press Reader and Zinio. Let's talk about just a bunch of little things that I have noticed, and I think that they are going to be greater trends. Uh, The Queen's Library System in New York has developed their own proprietary app for Android and iOS. It offers library patrons seamless search and access to audiobooks from Acoustic, magazines from Zinio, and eBooks from Overdrive, Baker & Taylor, and 
they include basically a lot of ISBN barcode scanning, uh, where book, you know users can scan books in a retail environment to see if the titles are available at their library, uh, a live chat feature, and even a text donate option. Basically, what the Queen's library system is doing is they've made one app to do it all. Whereas, if you're a regular patron of that, if you want to listen to audiobooks, you need the acoustic app. If you want to read magazines, you need the Zinio app. If you get an ebook from Overdrive, you need the Overdrive Media Council. Um, Queen's, what they did is they made one app to rule them all. So, you do everything within this app. And I really think that this is really solid. They've roughly had about 10,000 installations on iOS and Android since July. And what Queens is doing is they're going to start marketing the app creation service to smaller branches that don't really have an IT department. So this will be a big trend. We'll be able to see libraries offering their own personalized app rather than prompting their patrons to install like five or ten different apps. One of the big trends in 2014 was new libraries foregoing books altogether and embracing digital 100%. The first library to do this was the Bibliotech Library in Austin, and a library in Omaha announced plans to construct one in 2015. Uh, also in 2015, more libraries will begin offering their ebook collections to residents living outside that particular county or city. Charging non-residents 50 to $75 a year will help offset that library's digital investment and provide an alternative revenue stream to invest in a better catalog. Also, I think in 2015, we're going to see more independent self-publishing companies making their catalogs available to libraries. Uh, in early 2014, Overdrive and Smashwords signed an agreement to get 20, uh, 200,000 indie titles available in the library. Right now, on the back-end collection management system, it's not that intuitive to be able to pick and choose content. They have about 100 titles that are recommended, but beyond that, it's really sort of hard to separate the wheat from the chafe. Uh, look for this to change in 2015. Um, I also heard rumors that other self-publishing companies, uh, including Lulu and maybe even Kindle Direct Publishing, will get involved in this space directly and start making hundreds of thousands of indie titles available uh, from the library, available digitally, and authors and uh, their publishers as well as libraries, they'll all get to benefit. Did I miss anything? You can comment on this uh, thread on goodyreader.com. Uh, the title of it is digital library trends for 2015 so if you don't see it on the front page do a search and thanks for listening everyone for goodybeater.com my name is michael and everybody take care